You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Welcome back to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I hope that you're finding uh, the content that we share every day to be useful while we try to focus as a church family. Just a quick reminder of why we do the podcast. Um, The reason we do the podcast is because we want to remember that while we're scattered for a week on mission, we are the church. Like We don't just exist as the church when we gather. We are the body of Christ all the time. So our podcast is a touch point uh, throughout the week for us to stay focused for our our time together serving the Lord and loving each other well. All right, this week we're talking about the Holy Spirit uh, for a couple of episodes um, on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday. And in this episode, I want to talk about uh, how the Holy Spirit ministers in the church. Yesterday, we talked about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the in the life of a believer as we're becoming more holy. Uh, but today, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit in the life of the church. And Brick, I appreciate you coming back to be our guest again today. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate Man, it. You bet. I enjoy, I enjoy talking about uh, our theology together, so I appreciate that. Uh, Brick, there are several places in the scripture where we talk about the role of the Holy Spirit in the church, um, and but I want, for the sake of time today, to sort of uh, focus on, on one thing primarily, and that is how the Holy Spirit ministers in the life of the church by gifting the church, you know, what we typically call spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. So uh, thanks for helping me with that conversation. Uh, we'll just kick off with the generic uh I guess, definition. So, Brick, what do we understand spiritual gifts to be? What are they? Well, I guess what I would say is um, the gifts given to a believer once they come to know Christ. You know, once they're born again, they're given, you know, a gift or what I've heard is, you know, potentially more than one gift, um, which is, I guess, if you're going to say a spiritual strength, maybe that's how I'd put it. Yeah. And in fact, um, you know, all my life, I guess when I was young and we were talking about spiritual gifts, people did emphasize everybody gets one gift. I don't think that's true. Hmm. I think everybody has many gifts. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess the strongest argument I can make for that is, you know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14, Paul is in a big conversation about spiritual gifts, especially a few gifts, the gift of prophecy and the gift of speaking in tongues, mm-hmm. had caused sort of a power struggle uh, or status competition mm-hmm. in the Corinthian church, and Paul was trying to correct that. Uh, but in those three chapters, he talked about those two gifts a lot. He talked about a lot of other gifts as well, but he told everybody in chapter 13 that the greatest spiritual gift anybody in the church could have is love. Mm -hmm. And so to understand, and in fact, he said, if you have the gifts of knowledge or tongues or, you know, or giving, you know, sacrificial giving, but you don't have love, then all those other gifts profit you nothing. So I would have to say that you should at least expect that everybody has two gifts, Mm -hmm. you know, whether that's the gift of love love and, you know, or, or charity or sacrificial giving and love, or whether it's the gift of love and, you know, tongues or love and prophecy or love and service. Seems like Paul expects every believer should have the gift of love with whatever other spiritual gifts they have. So kind of on that basis, I would say, you know, we're really not looking for one, one thing. Yeah. Uh, I think every believer probably has one primary dominant mm. spiritual gift, but um, but there's I have no basis for limiting the number of spiritual gifts that God gives somebody. Yeah, and something I think about is when we choose to just say you know identify ourselves with one gift, we probably shortchange ourselves in the ability to grow in other gifts. You know, like we we say, oh, I've got a gift in this, then maybe 
we excuse ourselves to say, I'm not so good in this, and we don't have the opportunity to grow in those other gifts that right. God's and given I, us. And I think we would all say that doesn't sound like the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Like, I doubt yeah. that God's intention was for everybody to say, you know what, I'm just going to concentrate on this one thing. Yeah. So, all right. Well, when we talk about spiritual gifts, um, I have mixed feelings about the way we discover them, right? Uh, I, I think when I was young in, in high school and college, and then I did Disciple Nows all through college and during my youth ministry days, it was not uncommon for us to have a, a weekend emphasis on spiritual gifts. Mm. And, you know, I'd approach a group of high school students and say, you know, God has given you a spiritual gift. Let's figure out what it is. But the way to figure it out was, here's a test, right? Here, you know, answer these questions, you know. And, um, you know, the people did a good job, I'm sure, putting together those spiritual gift inventories, those spiritual gift tests. And at the end, you know, you would get scores in, mm-hmm different areas and somebody would walk out and say, I have the gift of encouragement. I'm going to go encourage. So I would, you know, and now looking back at 43, I have mixed feelings about that approach. Mm -hmm. Um, On the one hand, I think it's probably valuable just to get your brain started. But on the other hand, I think it can really be abused. And to speak to your point a minute ago, (laughs) this kind of funny story, nobody's going to be proud of their pastor when I tell you this. Sorry, guys. But when I was in college and took one of those spiritual gift tests, um, you know, I, I mean, I turned out to be an encourager and, you know, I had the gift of encouragement and, uh, you know, it's some, um, some prophecy, not in the sense of telling the future, but in, in telling what God's mm-hmm. word is. Um, yeah, there are some spiritual gifts that I scored well in, but I scored a negative three <laughs> in the gift of mercy. <laughs> so I think I've told you that before. Uh-huh. Um, and what I would hate is for myself or any other believer to look up and say, well, I don't have the gift of mercy. I'm not going to even try to be merciful. Mm-hmm. I seriously doubt that that's the way the Holy Spirit wants us to grow in our holiness, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so as we launch into this, um, I guess, journey of figuring out our spiritual gifts, I want to encourage the church family to not discount all the ways the Holy Spirit is making himself known in you, through you, for the church, right? So that's that's my first thing. Let me ask you this, Brick. What's the best way for a person to discover their spiritual gift? Like if if our listeners today are saying, okay, I want to give this a try. I want to be useful to the kingdom of God. I want to recognize that the Holy Spirit is equipping me for service. Mm -hmm. Gosh, but what's my gift? What do I do? You know, Um, how do you recommend they explore that? Yeah, so my thought when you ask that is just, I mean, two things initially. One is to dive into scripture yourself. Like to to look and spend time in prayer and scripture, looking at what God God's word says about that, and then taking some introspective and saying, you know, asking the Holy Spirit, well, what does this look like in my life? The other one that I thought of is, man, being surrounded in a good Christian community and asking other people, you know, I think of when it comes to weaknesses, weaknesses are best seen from an outside perspective. You know, when I want to see a weakness in myself, often I go to people who are honest and may be able to see those weaknesses, but also with strengths and gifts. I think um, when we're surrounded by a good Christian community that is able to see your flaws and your strengths, um, when they're listening to the Holy Spirit, they can see the things that God is working in you and, and the good strengths that God sees. So I'd say scripture and community. That's awesome. I want to add to your list. Um, I think just saying yes to the Holy Spirit a few times, mm-hmm. you know, when God gives you a nudge mm-hmm. um, and you look up and you say, I'm not sure if I'm good at that though, Lord. Well, just try it. Go do it. Like yeah. when God puts it on your heart to serve or, you know, to sing or to teach or, um, you know, 
know, to be generous, just say yes and allow the Holy Spirit over the course of your lifetime of service to help you identify what you are gifted at. You know, you'll look up and say, boy, I was terrible at that. <laughs> so, so that's probably not my best way to serve. Um, but you'll find some things that you're surprised that you are good at. And so mm-hmm. I think if we just, yeah, you know, I think one of the best ways to discover your spiritual gift is just by serving the Lord. Like just say yes to things, you know, explore that. Okay. So I want to equip the church with a little information. Um, Brick from, to my knowledge, the, we typically think of, of lists of spiritual gifts mm-hmm. and they're located four places in scripture. Uh, a couple of things I want our church to know about those four locations is number one, they're not identical. You know, there's a there's a, a gift list in Romans 12, in 1 Corinthians 12, in Ephesians 4, and in 1 Peter 4. Um, and the, the lists of gifts are not identical. And I think there's a reason for that. I think it's because the New Testament authors, under the Spirit of God, did not intend ever to make a list of all the spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. These lists are representative. For example, they might it, it, we should read them more like this. Here are some examples of the gifts. If you have gifts like these, but it's very likely that the ways that God uniquely has gifted you aren't included specifically on these lists or exhausted by these lists. So I just want to um, kind of point everybody to those, and I want to share a couple of the things that are relevant there. So um, in Romans chapter 12, the kinds of gifts that are listed, for example, in verse uh, 6 and following, uh, he says this, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. So some of the things that are showing up on that gift on that gift list, you know, encouragement, um, mercy, leadership, service, prophecy, um, it's, and I just I just want everybody to sort of shape their mind around a few of these things. That some of these are skills that you use at work or at home uh, or at school every day. Um, so there are more gifts listed in First Corinthians. Um, but the one thing I want to show you in First Corinthians, rather than read the, read the whole gift list, is I want to read verse seven because First uh, Corinthians chapter chapter twelve verse seven provides a definition of spiritual gift this, gifts that I want our whole church to hang on to. So, Brick, will you read that verse for us? Yeah, verse seven says, "Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good." Okay, so a couple things I want everybody to recognize about the definition of spiritual gifts, that, that which I, I say that's the definition of spiritual gifts. Number one, they're gifts from God. Like, don't get conky about it. Don't brag about your abilities. They don't set you apart and give you status. They are gifts from God. What's the point of you bragging about something God gave you? Second thing is, um, while I think you develop them by submission to the Spirit and practicing them, fundamentally they are gifts given to you by God's Spirit. And so I want to, I want everybody to begin in that place. Like hmm. this, I think, protects us from becoming arrogant. You know, if, if God gives you the ability to be a great teacher, well, don't become cocky. Be thankful and use it, right? So the first thing is they come from they come from God. Second, what are they? Well, according to that, they're manifestations of the Holy Spirit. They're the way that the Holy Spirit of God makes himself present and available in the church, through people in the church, right? So if the spiritual gifts are the way the Holy Spirit that's at work inside you serves 
serves and makes himself known through the church and to the church, um, then you need to know where their power comes from, the presence of the Holy Spirit. But also I think there's a ramification on how many gifts are there. Hmm. I mean, are there 20? Are there 25? You know, can I just make these lists, put them all together and keep? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Because the answer to me of how many spiritual gifts are there seems like it would have to be connected to how many different ways can the Holy Spirit serve in the church. I mean, if a gift is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, then it makes sense to me to say that, well, then the number of spiritual gifts is incalculable. Like we would never yeah. know. Does yeah. that make sense? Mm-hmm. The last thing I want everybody to recognize is why? Why did God give us the spiritual gifts? And in this verse, it says they are manifestations of the Spirit for the common good. So whatever gifts God's given you, he intends for you to use them to serve in the church and through the church, in the mission of the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, That doesn't mean you just use them when you gather for the church. Because remember, we're not just gathering on Sundays to become the church. We're the church all week. We're the body of Christ. So a lot of these gifts you're using on Tuesday while you lead and serve and while you give wise counsel, you know, while you show mercy. So they're not just for the church gathered. They're for the church scattered. They're for a mission. But they are for the common good. I think we unintentionally use our spiritual gifts to acquire status for ourselves um, or use them at work uh, for, for our income, you know, to make us good at our jobs. But I want to recognize that fundamentally these ways that God has blessed us spiritually to serve, they are to be used for the common good. And so I encourage the church to find your gift and use your gift. The last thing I want to point out is that, you know, the gift list in Ephesians is a little bit different than the others. Because um, in, in Ephesians 4, you know, Paul tells us that God has gifted the church. And then when he lists the church, he basically just lists offices of people, you know, apostles mm-hmm. and teachers and, um, and shepherds. And, and I just want people, want you to recognize from that, that um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, to the church, they are fundamentally bound up in human beings. So in some ways, the gifts are things inside you, but the way the church is going to experience them is through you. And so the gifts are bound up in you, in people. And so you really are God's gift to the church. Hmm. And whether that's by loving everybody that comes in the door, by creating a sense of safe space, by being a good counselor, by being wise, by being a servant, uh, by being a great teacher or a preacher or an evangelist or uh, somebody who's just gifted in worship leadership or um, somebody who's just you know sound in their logic or uh, somebody who's a great accountant and has skills to help us be good stewards. In whatever way God's gifted you, use your gifts in the church. So, how does God minister to the church and through the church in the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, one way is spiritual gifts. And I want to encourage our church family, you know, as you seek the Lord in your devotions this week, maybe you should read Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4, and ask God to show you how to use the gifts of the Spirit for the common good. Rick, thanks for being with us today.